gets going. He's always gonna be going. Tony Kruger effect. In psychology, a cognitive bias whereby people with limited knowledge or competence in a given intellectual or social domain greatly overestimate their own knowledge or competence in that domain relative to objective criteria or to the performance of their peers or other people in general. Thank you so much. And that is the intro for today's pontification station. We still need an intro song. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Never. that, That was beautiful. Uh, and that's what we're doing today. We are pretending like we actually know things, and we're going to pontificate. So we're going to have the, the Freddy Krueger syndrome, uh, like you just read. Um, Where we think we know what we're talking about. Exactly. No exactly. As a matter of fact, <laughs> me saying that we're going to do the Freddy Krueger syndrome is, is a perfect example of, of the Donnie Krueger syndrome. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> poor, poor Donnie. Uh <laughs> Donnie Wahlberg. Or... So, so today's episode, today's episode, is brought mm. to you by Scary Things. Um, Ooh, by yeah. Scary Things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Zoinks. Okay. Um... <laughs> you okay? Yeah. He, he 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 played he played a heartbeat. Sound. Yeah, yeah. You couldn't hear the heartbeat over there. Oh, I, I thought you were. Oh, they're leaning for a fart. No, 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 no. That would have been scary, too. Bobby, <laughs> <laughs> get out of there. <laughs> Run for it, Javier. <laughs> okay. All right, should I kick it off? Now, then? with, the, with the all that, yeah, let's, let's, oh. let's have the one and only uh, Stephen Q. Tyler from <laughs> South Indianapolis, uh, right at like right where indianapolis and ohio come together uh yeah that's 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 where he's from um so go ahead and and get things started what is your interesting fact today silent hill 2 has a mysterious whisper that went 14 years without people knowing its meaning or origin now allow me to dive deeper into that yes please because because by the way if if for those of you just joining the podcast or the stream, uh, he is our scary game guru. We should we should get a I shirt am? that says that. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're the creepy game guru. You're just the certified. Creepy one. Yeah, about to say certified creep. No, <laughs> <laughs> certified creep. Seven days a week. I'm a oh. creep. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. So tell us more about this uh, mysterious. Whisper that went un uh, unknown or confused for fourteen years. Is it? Yeah. Let, let me. Yeah. Let me. Let me. Uh, let me break it down. Right, so break it in down. room room two hundred nine of Blue Creek Apartments, there is a predetermined once per playthrough chance of hearing a whisper after walking into a room. Okay. Now let me for stop you, you there because because you're that always stopping me because it it confused me already. So because How? my brain does not work like normal people brain. Is a one per play chance? So doesn't that mean through. that it's going to happen every time? So it has to be, no, no, no. Once per playthrough in the sense of like, it has to be a fresh new game. You go yeah. through it once. That whisper is only going to happen that one time. Gotcha. You can't go back like, in the like, room. So if you go can't back, go back in the room, room the next time, you're not going to hear it. Like if you're going exactly. through a tutorial and you like have a pop-up of like, press A to jump here. Gotcha. Um, 
certain games, when you go back to that area, they won't have that same pop-up to tell you to jump Gotcha, there. gotcha. So, so, no, so there, this there's, an invisible tr there's an invisible trigger event flag. So this whisper would come up once whenever you went Correct. into 209 yeah. and never again. Correct. Okay, so, so, so for, tell me more yep. about this whisper. For years, it was unknown that this whisper was saying with fans who analyzed the audio clip speculating that it had to do with spoiler in three, two, one, James reflecting on killing his wife Mary and leaving her body in his car at the beginning of the game. What? While happens. one of the game, I don't know, while <laughs> one of the game's English localizers, uh, Jeremy uh, Blaustein, um, believed that it was a clip of one of the English voice actors practicing their lines in the sound booth and was mistakenly added in by the Japanese developers, who would have not known it was meant otherwise as it was unscripted. Okay, so however, however so 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 again, listen, listen. This is how I read. You have you have to bear with me. I read. I'm the guy that that, that reads, and it's like, so this person went to the market. Okay, all right, I got it. The person went to the market, all right, and yeah. then they picked up two oranges. And I was like, okay. Then they picked up two oranges. So you gotta give me like little bite size. So this is why you can't get to menus at restaurants. You'll just sit there being like, yeah. I literally will go to a restaurant and I'll be like, hey, what should I eat? Uh, and so you, you, what you're telling me is that you had a miserable time um, every Star Wars movie opening. Oh yeah, I paused it when I when when I watched it at home. I would pause the sucker. <laughs> Every text scroll, you're like, I, no, boss. I, 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 I have to get everything. And, and, and I, don't, I don't mind reading, but it takes me forever to read something because I, I dissect every sentence. So why uh, he doesn't watch sub? Yeah, I can't watch subs because of that. It's hard. Um, yeah, but yeah. anyway, so with all this saying, so, so far the possibilities that people thought were, they thought it was somebody in an audio booth. And it was intentional whispering it was it was unscripted just a the voice actor was just practicing his dialogue it wasn't official recording it was right. just they were hitting record but he was just practicing it wasn't right, the right. official he was, he was like sound. in the back or something <clears throat> exactly however it was discovered in 2015 that the whisper was actually a snippet of a pre-existing stock sound effect of a man whispering gibberish so it was literally nothing at all. So for 14 years, people, especially people that were obsessed with these <laughs> games, you know, because the, there are there's groups of people, the niche people that do devote their lives to games. Speedrunners yeah. are the best example. You know, they breathe these games. Right. So I just I like to imagine for 14 years, these people, where are these whispers from? from? Where was the source? I think yeah. my favorite would be to have seen the two people that argued forever about no no it's it's you know it's the audio from the background he's like no 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 it was something else and i think he's saying like and actually talk about what he's saying and then 14 Her years later find a out which bro yeah yeah <laughs> and then 14 yeah. later 14 years later to find out that it, it was just gibberish and they were yep. both wrong and that is yep. what we call a pop culture reference ladies and gentlemen <laughs> i suppose um uh I think I think one of my favorite examples of people devoting their lives to games is the Hobbit game um, that was on um, the GameCube. Mm -hmm. That I know I know what you're talking about. <laughs> people spent so long on that game, 
I think they have the speed run down like they've only had an official 12 minute run they know that it's possible to get under 12 but i think they... the current the current record is 11 um without loads current record is 11 minutes 48 seconds time with load 11 minutes 53 seconds wow like legitimate so years of these people's lives just devoted to getting a sub 12 run in this game i i saw like a uh, 45 minute documentary on it 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 was it was actually an interesting watch i think um, you and i watched this new documentary <laughs> <laughs> but it was, it was an inch, um, I can't remember um, who yeah, made it. Yeah, but I did it best, because I watched a 45-minute documentary in 12 minutes flat. In 12 minutes flat? Wow. Yeah, yeah. How I couldn't get under the 12 minutes, but, you know, I got to keep working at it. Um, does that YouTuber happen to be lowest percent? Um, I I can't remember. That or somebody insult, somebody's all over the other. I think it is. Well-known. I think it is. I think, I think it was, I think it was, um... I don't, I don't know if lowest percent actually does um, Hobbit speedruns. I'm, I'm pretty sure it was put together by somebody who did speedrun. Like the... Uh, but, um, uh, yeah, no. Like, listening to all it, of the, like, trial and error that they went through throughout those years was pretty cool. I think it was the same guy that cooked Minute Rice in, like, 53 seconds. Impossible. Are <laughs> you telling me a minute cooked these rice? <laughs> That's right. In fifty-three seconds, just destroys Uncle Ben's credibility. That dude was killing it. So, um, my, I, I was trying to figure out what I should go with. As wait, wait, wait. As... we're not gonna do yours yet. No, 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 okay, no, no, go no, ahead, go ahead. no, no. No, no. This is this is off of his. All right, go ahead. Um, I was trying to think of video game mysteries, uh, that are like still unsolved and uh one of the ones that i found was uh in super mario sunshine one of my favorite games of all time um so the 2002 gamecube game super mario sunshine there's a level um uh called uh noki bay and it's it's one of the red coin levels um in this particular area but there's like a weird, uh, there's a weird door that is slightly open, mm -hmm. and like it's, it's underwater and everything. So it's like it's not easy to find. But there's a there's a secret door that's partially open, and the only thing behind it is a book, like just just a book on the floor, and nobody knows what it's for. People um, think that it was like from a, a mission that was deleted from the game or something but nobody nobody knows what this this book is for or, or why it's there and why it's behind this door that is partially open i found that reminds me go ahead oh i was gonna say that reminds me of uh, dark souls actually bring it back to that <clears throat> um one of these starting gift items is uh, the pendant and it says like it's an important thing you treasure dealer so people are like, all right, what does it do? Because, like, you beat the game and, like, nothing to use it on. Yeah. And the creator's like, oh, it's just important. Figure it out. For years. And I think it's still technically unsolved. No one knows what the pendant does. Yeah. I think people are at this point are just, they believe that the creator's just trolling people. 
with this something that's supposed to be incredibly important that you can only get by starting the game with it as an like a, a gift option when yeah. creating your character doesn't do anything yeah and, and and speaking of you know trolling the the players i think devil may cry 4 might have done that because Four? i i could not find anything to explain so again devil may cry 4 is one of those games that has kind of a, a dark tint to it uh as mm. far as you know the the color of what everybody's wearing the color of the background you know it's just it's just slightly it's just a grim world yeah it's, it's a grim sure world about that? yeah no, i think double cry 4 is incredibly colorful but, but it is very specific in in those things like they they usually are there for a reason and that's where i'm going with this because for the most part everybody is kind of you know in that grim color uh outfit thing unless He's they're they're key to something. It's it's a muted uh yeah. muted tone for everything. Correct. Like while it is colorful, everything is muted. Like Except even for an old lady in a red dress. That when Virgil walks by, she turns and looks at him, and you can see that this lady sticks out because she's looking at him and she's wearing this red dress. And there's you never see her again. It but it almost looks like she's got to be important. Why is she staring at him? Why is she in a red dress? And yeah, there's she's never ever seen again. She just is gone. <laughs> Are you I'm, sure you're talking about um, Double Cry? Yeah. Uh, I, never mind. I, I forgot. Yeah. Never was, mind. I forgot. Special, special edition. Yeah. Special edition. That's right. Never mind. I was about to say like Double Cry Four didn't have Virgil. Oh yep. wait, special edition. It was added a special in. edition. And, and like I said, it was it was just a strange thing. This this woman just turns and looks right at him as he walks by, and she's in a red dress, and then you never see her again. <laughs> and no, no explanation, no nothing. It's just like <clears throat> I, I I remember it was one of the few games oh. that I, I went after. Go ahead, you got something? Did you find? I something? think I know what this. I think I know what this character is because I played Dylan Cry Five. Oh, is that what it is? So is she is she come back in five? No. However, um, spoilers in five, four, for Delmic Cry, four, the entire Delmic Cry series. Spoilers in five, four, three, two, one. Nero, the character from Delmic Cry, four, mm -hmm. is Virgil's father. Or rather, is Virgil's son, sorry. Virgil is Nero's father. That could just be the special edition kind of hinting at, hey, Virgil likes women. Hey, Virgil... Hey, that could be Nero's mom. Hmm. I think that's the intent of that. Yeah. So without kind of giving her a character, they're just kind of insinuating, hey, Virgil is attracted to people. Because I mean, all you know about Virgil is he's just this antagonistic force that's, you know, Dante's twin. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I believe that's what it is. I think that's just Capcom kind of going, wink, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. I was wondering Nero's about that because I couldn't find anything. I was like, who is this woman? And yep, with that... Let me share my point for today. I did not send it to you guys because honestly, that wasn't your point. I didn't so, have my point so, today. <laughs> yeah, fair. So, so that was I your did, point. Red dress. I decided to take a different approach. Today's okay. game, okay, comes to you from Den of Geek. Den of Geek collected the twenty scariest horror game moments 
ranked according to them. Oh, I, I couldn't tell you that. We're only going to do the top ten. Having said this, I know that, that Steven obviously has has a big advantage on this one. But No, no, that's not necessarily true. After all, I mean, what was our... What was the the first point we made with you know me being involved in this podcast, which is subjective versus objective? objective. Yeah, what I you, find to be scary is very subjective. But 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 objectively, you definitely play a lot more scary games than Javier does. So with that in mind, you have you have an advantage on this. But I wanted to kind of pick your brain on this, not just play the game. I'm going to give you guys one point for guessing the game and another point for guessing the moment. So you, you can get two points. If you don't guess the game, uh, I'll give you the game, and then you can guess the moment later. But let's, you know, this is uh, top 10 scariest horror game moments ranked by Den of Geek. So uh, let's, let's have you go first, Mr. Steven. See what you come up with. Okay, I'll start with my favorite horror game of all time. Eternal Darkness Sanity's Requiem. It does not have a top 10 moment on here. Is it top 20? I don't know. I only copied the top 10. Fair. What do you have? Uh, yeah, cause, well, because you, yeah, you opened with top 20, didn't you? Yeah, I did say top 20. It, they put a top 20 list together, but I'm only doing the top 10. Um. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to give them credit <clears throat> for putting the top 20. Fair mm. enough. Uh, what's up, Glyph? I don't know. The Evil Within. <gasps> Glyph. The Evil Bye, Glyph. Within. The game, The Evil Within. It is not on here, sir. I haven't played it. Not so on there? Long. Nope. Come okay. on, Steven. I'm going to go with um, something that actually... So, I'm going to be full disclosure, full transparency. I have... Not many fears in life, uh, but I do have one fear. It's okay. an actual phobia. Is uh, eye stuff. That's why I only wear glasses. I cannot wear contacts. I have beautiful eyes. I'd rather wear contacts to show off my beautiful eyes. But anything eye-related terrifies me. Absolutely. I can't touch my eyes. I can't see eye gore. Uh, yeah. can't do it. I can't do it. And a, a horror game that actually affected me because of eye gore, uh, Dead Space 2. It was a scene where you had to extract something from your brain for the plot purposes. It was a device that actually injected a needle into your eye. And because Dead Space is a game about, look how many times you can die, or like, you know, the different ways you can die, like so many creative ways. If you, it's, it's an analog stick thing. You actually have to perfectly line up the needle with like a laser and it's got to be blue and if it's blue press the button it goes into your eye if you mess up and it goes to the red area it actually just stabs your skull <laughs> and you, it, yeah exactly you, you die because like the entire machine basically just and like into your eye and i was just like oh but even even the good ending to that which is the needle successfully goes through your iris and i'm just like oh god yeah so dead space 2 specifically that scene actually got me that is no number way. nine no and you got and you got both of them it is dead space 2 and the noon tag di diagnostic machine yep so i'm just, so, I'm just going so you got two i'm just going based right off, off the actual there. i'm just going for horrible trauma experiences not <laughs> i'm just <laughs> trying to go through therapy <laughs> that was number nine give me another one what do you got another one I'm trying to think of scary moments i mean 
I've I've been through Den of Geek before. They're like Kotaku. They're like rock paper shotgun. They're you know, so they're mainstream. PT, PT's got to be on there. PT is number one. Number one. See exactly. Now it's now give me give me the. Can you give me the the scene that they're talking about? I mean, the game's only like three minutes long. Okay, um, but get, get, why uh, why is it creepy? Come on. I mean, I guess the the first creepiness would be the first time you run into Lisa. There you go. That would enough. Be the... Seeing okay. Lisa in the hallway. Yeah, that'd be the first time you see her. Is she's in the hallway, and you get closer. The lights go off. The lights go back on. She's gone. Just roaches kind of start spreading everywhere. It's just like you're killing it. Just just like the games. How scary uh, is that actually? Because that doesn't sound very terrifying unless the ambiance is good. Ambiance. It, it, PT is such a, an actual travesty in gaming history because the potential was so strong and that was such a great demonstration of what the potential could have been. Like, I love Hideo Kojima. I'm a huge fan of Metal Gear Solid games. Yeah. But the man is up his own butt. It, the man, he's like, he's got George Lucas syndrome where people are just too afraid to tell him no. Yeah. For a lot of things. And therefore he gets a little too... He's like the Elon Musk of video game development. That now, makes sense. for those of you oh. listening on the podcast, on the podcast, my, my, you hear that? My tank got tangled and my birch came out backwards. Uh, for those of you listening on the podcast, we do stream live on GOTE.TV or Twitch.TV slash Gamers on the Edge. And with that, uh, one of the viewers, Glyph, is saying that they they took the game off the PlayStation Store, which which is exactly what I was getting at. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. So, so, so tell me about that. Yeah. Again, just tragedy, tragedy because um, it, it came, the marketing for this game was so genius. It came out of nowhere, like literally, you just open up your PlayStation. I feel like going to the PlayStation Store. One of the highlighted game was just something called PT. Grassy is just a backyard kind of like thumbnail image. It, what is this? Made up studio name. There was no credited names to it. It was a free download demo. People play it. People open it. Oh, wow. And it just jumps you right in. No introduction. Nothing. Just it jumps you right in. It's pretty and good. when you beat it, like, that's when it finally reveals, oh, wait, this is Silent Hill. More specifically, Silent Hills. This was going to be a straight-up continuation of the Silent Hill franchise. And it was being led by Hideo Kojima, which, say we will about the man. The man knows how to make games. Guillermo del Toro, legendary director, director of my favorite movie of all time, Pan's Labyrinth, as well as Junji Ito, who is probably one of the most prominent horror... Uh, yeah. What do they call it? Mangakus? Mangakus? Mangaka. Manga artists. Mangaka, thank you. Um, so it, it was already being backed by such a strong team of creators. Mm-hmm. Three months later, Konami announces, hey, we canceled the project. I'm so mad. I'm so mad. Yeah, and Glyph is saying it's the best. Junji, so much potential. Can you imagine yep. Junji Ito no. working on? You, you you can't see it, but I have most, if not all, of Junji Ito's works. I don't read much manga, but I will flip every page that man creates. He's just like. We gotta get together and watch Uzumaki. Um, oh, I can't wait. No, when Adult Swim version comes out, we gotta get together and watch it. I can't wait for that. I really hope it's not bad. Because they've tried, uh, they've tried Uzumaki in media, a live-action movie that's not good. No, not good at all. <laughs> so, um, uh, so, um, was it wasn't the anime movie supposed to come out this past March? It, 
it was supposed to, I think COVID got in the way because they they teased it before COVID yeah. hit. I think they, they teased were it back in I think they slowed like summer. It was supposed to come out twenty. It was supposed to come out twenty twenty one. Yeah. So it it's I don't know. It's going to be. I, don't I, know, I hope it does come out. Year. I think I think I my think favorite part of the Uzumaki. So for those of you who don't know about Junji Ito's Uzumaki, um, like my all, aunt in Puerto Rico. It it all has to do with this unknown force called the spiral and basically it's just a recurring theme throughout the whole manga where um everything is trying to become this like perfect spiral and um it's just this insane um need and desire that uh changes people um throughout the manga and it's just really good, like, surreal horror. But um, one of my favorite things about the Uzumaki trailer and teaser um, when it first came out was that all of the music in the, the, the teaser was cyclical. Oh, I love it. I love the music that they showed for that. It was it was just Great. this constant the tone. spiral. The tone. It was... It was that was the first thing I noticed. I was like, oh, it's so good. Yeah, actually. I'm so excited. Do you have the book? Do you have the book? Um, no, but I have read it. I'm going to drop it off one day. Angel, you got to read it. I got to read? Just, be, just, just, just to experience it. It's, it's just, a No, it's going to take me a while. So. It's more, it's, well, good thing it's 80% pictures. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a, it's a Really, really, it's, it's, a, it's a picture book for uh, young adults. We just adults. had this conversation earlier about how long it takes me to read. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think the, the most uh, line, the, the most words, and like, I'm just opening up a random page. The most words I'm seeing is 20 on one page. All right, I can handle that. Okay. I'll a read those 20 words and think about them for like the next 10 minutes. You a know? lot of his horror <laughs> is very visual. Um, yes. He he has mastered, and I can't find another person who's able to do this, but that turning the page feeling. Like you actually dread turning the page because when you turn that page, it just reveals something that your mind cannot comprehend in the best way possible. It's like In an exciting way. It's It's interesting. I think Junji Ito is the closest that I have personally uh, seen to that um, that explanation of Eldritch Horror, where it's oh, yeah. just like you're, oh, he, he is a modern day H.P. Lovecraft, without a you, doubt. Like you just can't the way he presents it, it it just blows your mind. Mm -hmm. So good. Really look, recommend looking into that. <clears throat> all right so oh, yeah. you got four points well let's see what else you got i got four points yeah, yeah you got two answers and you got both the game and the the scene okay um and you got number nine and number one which is extreme here i'm gonna so people always ask me because again apparently you guys have already established me as the, the horror game guy uh, this, in my opinion, the scariest game I've ever played, and which is funny because I don't believe in ghosts at all. Uh, I like I like the aesthetic of it. Don't get me wrong. When I say I don't believe in ghosts, I mean I hate ghosts. I love ghosts. Um, have you guys heard of the Fatal Frame series? 
Um, I have heard of it. Haven't Fatal heard a lot. Frame Two. Fatal Frame Two is something special from such a beautifully small team. It's like a, like another kind of beautiful love story from like the Silent Hill team that just made an amazing game. Same thing, small team made some horrifying things. Therefore, I'm gonna say Fatal Frame Two, Crimson Butterfly. As far as specifically that what is, scene, that is number five. What ugh. scene do you think they picked? I don't know. There's a lot of cool scenes in that game where, like, you drop your guard and then... Because it's not just, boo, ghosts. Like, a lot of these ghosts died a certain way. And the way that they died represents what they look like as a ghost. Wait. Like, um... I'll... Oh. I was just going to say, you got you got the first <clears throat> part. You just got to pick a scene. Which scene do you think they would pick? I'm working on it. I remember walking into a room that was a save room. And then you open up a chest, and then a woman starts crawling out of it with, like, her neck broken, and she's, like, dragging it, coming towards you. And, again, if you're not familiar with the series, you, you're kind of defenseless. The only way you defend yourself is with a camera. And you have, because the Japanese actually have, like, the superstition that when your picture gets taken without your consent, the camera steals your soul. Like, it captures your soul. So that's an actual, like, Japanese superstition that way. So if you ever go to Japan, don't just take pictures of random people. They will be pissed. Just so you know. But uh, yeah, specific yeah. So the only I'm, way you can defend yourself with this camera, like ah. I'm gonna give you that. Fatal Frame Two, Crimson Butterfly, The Falling Woman. I don't remember who that is. I, I played this game ten years. I'm ago. I'm pretty sure The Falling Woman is the woman that you're talking about right there. Let's look uh, her up. So you got, you got six points. He, he told you. What else? Give me another one. You got one, oh, five, and nine. <laughs> Oh, crap, this is her. Yeah. Yeah, so... She... <laughs> she oh, I'm going to put this on my uh, my background. Oh, great. <laughs> so you can oh, see boy. Her. <laughs> I told you. <laughs> you said uh, name another game? Yep. <clears throat> okay. Um, I saved that. I'm thinking of another game. Um... Resident Evil 1, because I know that was a groundbreaking at the time. All right. That's on there. Okay. What scene? I can't tell you a scene. I think the games are more campy than anything. They're fun. They're spooky. You got anything in particular? What? What? I almost said something, so I'm not going to say that. But <laughs> okay. what, what scene would you pick? Which scene Probably? do you think Den of Geek picked? I'm going to... I almost said something that was going to give it away unintentionally. Uh, <laughs> give give it away. I'm going to say um, it's kind of like your second official zombie encounter. You go through the first one, which activates a cutscene, but there's another one where you go through a room. It's the the room right after the the statue room that has the map inside of where you actually have to like move the dresser to climb on top of it to grab the map that's like inside the statues, like a little basin thing. It's like a pouring something. If you go to the room and sit on the left there, there is a zombie just around the corner. And you as a new player don't know. You're just exploring the mansion. You go there and he immediately grapples you. I remember being scared the first time I played that because I wasn't expecting it. That is not that back the in like scene they picked. But uh, you still get the one point. What is the scene okay. they picked? The scene they picked is the dog <clears throat> jumping through the window. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That was in the original game and the remake. Yep. They, uh, you're just walking through and just... Psh, 
<laughs> zombie dog crashes through <laughs> ruins your day <laughs> so that's number seven you got one five seven and nine all Can right catch up, what else you got i'm gonna keep going yeah you, no, turn, no, you, I lose. no you no. no you still got it no because you got you got the game you so got the game it's... you just get an extra oh, point for guessing the scene oh. yeah yeah you get a point for guessing the game you get an extra point for guessing the scene okay um there she is by the way oh she is creepy <laughs> yeah but no no and she moves towards you like that nice. she's facing you like that so she's on like crawling from her back and her neck is just kind of flailing too like it's obviously broken you ever seen something mm -hmm. go limp yeah it's yeah spooky stuff um amnesia dark descent because i mean that that game alone number three launched so many youtube careers because number of how three it was what would you say is the scene I'm going to say that I, in my opinion, the scary scene in that game, and I think that's really what the game is known for. And I, there's a game that does a better job at that. And I hope, and that's going to be my next guess because I hope this game is on that list, whether it be in the twenties or whatever. Um, but it's a scene where you're kind of, you're like, you're in the basement. And I can't tell if it's like a wine cellar basement kind of thing, but it's like that, like a cellar. Right. And it's flooded. Yeah. And there's, if you're in the water, you know what I'm talking about, Javi, right? Yeah, I do. And if, you have to like jump over boxes and stuff like that. But if you touch the water, there's this invisible force that just rushes towards you. The music, if I recall, the music swells a little bit. This thing, it's like again, it's flooded, so it's water. So you're just like, like water's like getting turbulent. Something's rushing towards you. Like oh god, oh god, oh god. You jump back on the box because again, if you're touching the water, it comes towards you. Turns out I, there's no enemy there. I mean, it can't kill you. It's like a, it's a floating invisible pixel that basically kills you. But I yeah, think there's... that. Um, uh that particular scene was really well done because i oh like, yeah i was uncomfortable as a as a like a bystander a just like mm. someone watching somebody else play the game like not a whole lot of uh games give you that same kind of unease even when you're not playing them i think i think the ambiance is really the thing that sells amnesia the dark descent i don't think it's oh, absolutely like I think it does a lot of good things. Uh, hmm. I, I wouldn't say that it's the like one of the best horror games at all. Amnesia has a lot of great moments, but as a whole, I, th I consider it weaker. Yeah. A weaker horror entry time, like as a whole. But key moments in that game, such as the one that we just yeah. said. Which is what we're talking about. I, These are scarier <clears throat> horror game moments, not necessarily hmm. scarier things. And I think, I, think the, uh, I think the one thing that Amnesia has really been... Uh, consistent with is their ambiance yep. like i played that game um i played the first 15 minutes and i'm like i do not have the brain power for this right now <laughs> like just though you feel so uncomfortable from the well, very the, beginning my only problem with the game is that it, it starts you off so against the grain yeah so limited in what you can do light sources is already immediately horrible and you're immediately in darkness so yeah like, it's kind of hostile towards new players that kind of are new to the genre or not even genre horror but like that kind of it, the game plays more like mist than it does yeah. like a horror game but yeah cool game though machine for pigs was horrible well next equal that was number three 
Number three. You got the scene as well. The that was a scene room. Too. Yeah. So, you, by the way, and to be fair, that's the only scary scene in the entire game. Honestly. By the way, you're you're going all odds right now. So far, you got one, three, five, seven, and nine. So, you're gonna have to hit one of these even numbers now. So, what's your next guess here? Well, I hope this is even then. Um, well, if it's Cthulhu. not even, it's not on here, because you took all the odd ones. Wait, <laughs> is is there actually a Call of Cthulhu game? I'm about to change your world. Call of Cthulhu. There's a, a few, but this is the only one in my opinion that's actually good. At least the first half is good. The second half isn't finished um, because of Bethesda. Call of Cthulhu, Dark Corners of the Earth. Oh, man, that um, sounds terrible. I, I, have, I have a request. Do not go for the bonus point on this one. Do not go for the no? bonus point because I want to play this one and I don't want it to be. Spoiled. Well, I'll tell you right now, it's not on here. It's not in the top ten. It okay. is in the top twenty. Okay. I did see it in the top twenty, and I just remember seeing it there, but it's not well, in the top I, ten. So, the only thing I will, the only thing I'll spoil this is why the, this key scene is so good, and I'm kind of pissed it's not within the top ten of this list. But you are a stranger. You are visiting this town of Lovecraftian villains you know yeah. like you have to go to sleep eventually there's a hotel <laughs> you check in that hotel this town does not like you <laughs> that's all i'm gonna say like and it's just so good so good like resident evil 4 like first time in the village feeling it's so good yeah it is so good that sounds a lot like um uh what's it called uh, I can't remember this the specific name of the story, but uh, it's the fish people. Uh, no, no, it, no. It's it's the 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 game is based off of Shadow Ruins Myth, which is exactly what it is. That's yeah. that's no, it's literally it, this entire the the entire game is like a it's a combination of Dagon and Shadow Ruins Myth. Okay, that's the entire game basically. Cool. And really, the first half of the game is great. The second half just isn't finished and crashes a lot, unfortunately, for a lot of people. That's you have to play it matched. Yeah. Well, yep. yeah. The, the, fortunately, the Javier, you get to play. He finally decided to let you play. So, <laughs> so you you get to guess to see if you get any of the even numbers here. Uh, it was really popular for a while, so I'm gonna guess Outlast. Outlast is number this two. What is the scene? Um, when you first is it the scene where the men? dude's chopping off your fingers? Was it that scene? I'm gonna ask you. Is that your final question? Then I'm gonna ask. That's you. that's my that's my your final, final answer. answer. Then I'll ask you a question. Okay, was he a groom? Uh, because it, all it told me was the groom. I I don't think no. He was just a doctor. I never finished I that last segment. I actually got bored of it. So number two, the groom. Hey, you still got a point though. Javier gets on the hey board. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> he gets on the board. <laughs> Theoretically, if I get all of the even numbers, I win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what's your next one? Um. I'm trying. Um, layers of fear. That was probably the first major um, PT clone that came out. Yeah. Fair enough. 
unfortunately not on there. Not on there. Bro. Not in the top ten. All right. Your your last chance here to clean it up, Steven. What you got? What do I have? Yep. See if you can get any of the evens. Any of the evens? See, I don't know about this list because it's it's scariest moments, and that's yep, what's throwing me off. Because I can easily, like, oh, top 20 best horror games of all time. You got it. Bam, 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 bam. But it's scariest um, moments. Exactly. You know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say what brought me here to begin with. Silent Hill 2. Silent or Hill 2? Give me, as far as that is number six. You finally got an even one. Woo! And what would it be? That moment. Try to think because there's a lot of good moments in that game. There's a scene where Pyramid Head is chasing you down a hallway and you don't realize it until you're like halfway through and the music just swells up. It's like industrial noises kind of coming through and you look behind you and you're running with Mary. Anyway, um, I'm gonna say the first time you see Pyramid Head, but I don't know. That's it. Pyramid <laughs> is it? Head's okay. introduction. Because he, he's because he's famous for a reason. Yeah. You know, everyone loves his design. But like, I just want to know this is list if it's if it's Pyramid Head, which which introduction of uh, Pyramid Head? Because you just, can it just theme. says Pyramid Head since introduction. So I'm guessing it's the original introduction. Okay. Because um, there's two ways to see him for the first time. One I think is incredibly just gross. The other is just actually creepy, like scary creepy. Uh, the one that's actually scary creepy is that you're just running down the hall and then you run into iron bars. And it's, this is like a apartment complex. There should be iron ball, bars going down crookedly, like very unnaturally. Right. And on the other side, it's just glowing red. And that's where he gets the nickname the Red Pyramid is Pyramid Head on the other side of the gate, just nice. staring at you. Well, like nothing equipped. He's just standing there, staring at you. You can't interact with him. You can't do nothing with him. He doesn't. He doesn't move his head. He's not moving. He's just staring at you. So, so because I want people to be able to sleep tonight, for those of you listening to this at night and watching tonight, uh, I'm going to give you the rest of them, and then we're going to go to Javier's happy moment. Um, oh. What do you mean? Number my hey, my thing has destroyed it's, families. It's happier than it has this. Destroyed it friendships. Is, it has. So number ten was the bear trap on Until Dawn. I don't remember that game. I beat it in one sitting, but I don't remember. Nine we said was Dead Space Two. We we talked about that one. Eight Silent Hill Three: The Mirror. Uh, oh, the mirror in Silent Hill Three. Yeah, yeah. that's oh, a cool scene. That's number eight. Number six. You just said. I'm skipping the odd ones since you already did those. Number four was Alien Isolation, the uh, hidden place kill. Never never played it. Uh, number two, you already said, Javier said that one was Outlast. Uh, so that's pretty much the list. That that You guys did a lot more damage on Whoa, that list than usual. What, what was 20 through 10? I don't have them. I only ah. copied the, the 1 through 10. But with that, we move on to Javier's final point of the day. Yeah. Which is... There he is. Which is about... Menacingly. 
Uno. Yes. Uno. Dos. Um, I have to bring it back up because I brought it up on the computer earlier. Um, mm. So let me see. Let me get that. Come on. I have to. Why was Uno created? There we go. Um, so, do any of you guys know why Uno was created? Not until today. Not, yeah, not until I read what you sent me. Uno was created to settle an argument between a father and son. Father being a barber, son being a school teacher. So, the father, by the name of Merle Robbins, created Merle Uno Robbins. in 1971 after an argument over the, the rules for Crazy Eight with his son. So, so Uno was created he, over an argument of Crazy Eight. So what he did was he created his own game, and um, uh, from what I was reading, that's actually why um, Uno uh, shares some rules with Crazy Eights, um, because it was created over the, the rule Crazy Eights. So what they did was they made this game, and they liked it, so they started um, distributing it. The, the father, Merle, he would sell it at his barber shop, and um, his son would give it out to his students. They had a savings of $8,000, and with that, they produced 5,000 copies of the original Uno deck. Heck yeah. It's crazy. So It's like just over a dollar a piece, you know? It's insane. Yeah. So after that, they sold it to International Games um, Incorporated, um, owned by Bob Tezak or Tezak. Um, Tezak. And he was he was running it out of his uh, out of his house at that point. And it wasn't until nineteen was it nineteen ninety two. It was either 1992 or 1991, if I remember correctly, that Bob Tazak sold it to Mattel. Um, According to Wikipedia, 1992. 1992, a... Um, 1992. Which, by the way, one of my favorite games ever is by Mattel, and it's called Pit, and we need to play that again. Pit is a very interesting game. We lost our so good, good, um, so good, our good set of cards. Yeah, we need to get another one. Um, which Uno was created in 1971, which is a really, really good year. Yeah. I mean, that year. 77 is uh, a better ooh, year. 71, no, Oregon Trail, 71 also. 77, man. So many, um, so many good things happened in 77. Disney World, 1971 also. Well, see, but you can't beat. Uno in um you can't not Uno you can't beat Star Wars coming out in seventy seven and then Billy Joel's The Stranger one of the best um, musical albums yeah but Rush a farewell to Kings 
come on closer to the heart came out in 1997 almost 1977 almost said 1977 1977 was a better year i'm just saying 71 had uno oregon trail disney world me see that (laughs) immediately makes 77 a better year can we skip you (laughs) i was born the same year (laughs) disney world was the looks also skipped him so Oh goodness! Um, so anyway, um, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so um, it wasn't until 1992 that um, Bob Tzok sold the rights to Uno and its production to Mattel Toys, and from there we we know the huge game that Uno has become. It's just I act fun Never fact. I almost spent eight bucks on Minecraft Uno the other day because I thought it'd be funny. I I I, I legit almost came home with the a, a Minecraft Uno deck. Well, you know what? Before we sign off, let let me uh, let me tell you about this game that that I think everybody who likes to yell at each other should get. Um, it's called Pete. Pit. And the way Pit works is kind of like the stock market. And you have like, I think it's like nine cards of barley and nine cards of wheat and nine cards of all these different things that they would sell in the stock market. There is a bull and there is a a bear. Um, If I remember correctly, the bear is always bad. The bull can be good or can be bad. So your job in this game is to collect all nine cards of the same suit. You can collect eight and the bull. Or if you always one person has an extra card. Okay, so you pass out the cards. One person will always have an extra card. Um... At that point, you can collect, if you have the 10 cards, you can collect yeah. the 10 plus the bull, then you get double points. If you get stuck with a bear at the end of the game, you lose points. Uh, but if you get stuck with a bull at the end of the game, and you don't have the, you didn't get the, the 9, then you also lose points. Now, here's where it gets interesting in the part I like of the game. The way this game works is everybody has their cards, you ring a bell, and then everybody starts trading. And you just start yelling at each other like you're in the stock market. Um, and So if I have two uh, barleys, I grab the two barleys that I want to get rid of, yeah. and I start yelling two, 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 but I can't show anybody what I have. It just, I have them upside down. And then finally, somebody who has two that they want to trade, they'll trade with me. And then really stinks when you trade like the same thing. I gave you two barley and you gave me two barley back, which really stinks. It happens. Uh, <laughs> but So in other words, we need to play this game next oh, time I'm over. Oh, listen. And I'm telling you. And the, the funny thing is because people will literally grab cards from others like at the table because it's all happening at the same time. And sometimes you have like five and somebody else has five and you realize you're never going to get the other five. So then you have to split them up because nobody's going to trade you five. So you're like trade three, you know? And they're like, yeah. again, you're, you're like just fighting to see who's going to trade with you. 
Uh, it is rather hysterical, uh, very entertaining, but it is very, very loud. Uh, so, Good. so if you're going to play this, well, make how, sure you, your loud people are ready. How about this? Since it's loud, you guys come to my place sometime. We'll that play sounds my great, because I'm telling you, it's hysterical. Uh, and it's always funny to watch the one person who's like, two, two, can I get two? I need to try two. And like everybody else is yelling over them, like, Allison. like I didn't even hear you. Give me those stupid two. Like, <laughs> like rip them off their hand. So yeah, I, I'll, I'll have to find another copy because I know I bought extra copies because I knew they stopped making it. Uh, and then all of a sudden they had a lot of requests for it and decided to make it again. Yeah. But it was gone for a good 10 years. Um, but anyway, so that is the game that I would recommend to everybody. Go get Pit. It's hysterical. You know what as game, long as you don't you mind know, yelling at You know what other. game I would recommend to everybody? What's that? Elden Ring. <laughs> <laughs> I heard oh. about this game. Oh. I heard about this Elden Ring game. Tell me about it. E Elden Ring. It's so, full disclosure, <laughs> as far as theming goes, Bloodborne, best Soulsborne game, which um, is any kind of like Souls-like from the From Software company. Right. However, as far as gameplay and like the actual world, I think I have to say that Elden Ring is above Bloodborne. It, no, I, I, absolutely, and it, it's kind of ridiculous that it, it, it's... I, I I am fifty sixty hours into this game since it came out. I have yet to find a flaw in the gameplay, as far as like combat goes. Like the game. And the, from software has always been good about this. They've always been really good about providing you the tools yeah. to be successful. It is so true with this game. This game has so many variables that can dictate how you play in the in a fun way. There's so many resources to get you to play the way that you want to play and adapt easily if you do run into an obstacle. I think that the biggest thing for this game um in my opinion over other souls games is that i don't feel like anything is unbeatable right like there's no, I, I i there are moments where it's like okay i'm clearly this is a war of attrition except yeah. i'm on the losing side i'll come back later and the game is really good about making you feel like hey come back later it's okay there's so much more to explore. There, in the first, um, in the first Dark Souls one run that I did, I I turtled hard. I absolutely did the wrong spec um, specs for like any kind of viable. Um, you went blind. Build. Well, I mean, in my defense, I was I was very young, uh, and very timid. He was younger than he is now. So. At the Whoa. point where I am in Dark Souls 1, like, I can't go back to that, um, I can't go back to that, um, run and actually progress because I, my, my specs were so terrible. I, I've, I've had a friend who was stuck on a boss in Bloodborne. I had a friend. I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, let me, let me help you out. 
and I go play his character, I'm like, oh my god. No wonder you're losing. <laughs> you're using uh, Hunter's Axe, but you've put all your points in skill. Oh no. And you're not scaling your Hunter's Axe with skill. Like, everything was just so off, and like, the weapons he was upgrading were counterproductive. Yeah. To... Yeah. Yeah. But... It was bad. <laughs> I, I feel like, um... This game is a lot friendlier to newer players without mm -hmm. sacrificing what has already been um, established and like right. the difficulty of right. the game the, and the, the actual the, game. The foundation and formula is still there. It's just so optimized for anybody, it feels like, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I this it's a fun game this might be top top five um going forward top five games for me yeah yeah it's it's beating i mean i won't know until i beat the game obviously but so far it might be beating bloodborne for me for favorite from software games they're just hitting the nail on the head for so many so things whether it be gameplay themes the characters javi my god, these NPCs' quest lines are ridiculous. Oh, in a good way. The, the, I just... All I have to say is one thing. The deathbed <laughs> companion. Oh! So good! It's oh. so cool! Oh my god! And with that, ladies and gentlemen, go play the game. <laughs> figure it out. Do it. Have a great time. Thank you so you... much for joining us at Pontification Station. Check us out, Gamers on the Edge. Help us out, make a difference uh, in the life of sick kids. Uh, we greatly appreciate it. Subscribe, share, do all the above. You know what to do. We appreciate you. And this is us saying bye for yeah. at least until next time. See ya. See ya. Well, next time, guys. Take care. Let's advocate.